minute, crossfade. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. 106 of the Daily Talk Show. How are we? Yeah, good. It's Tuesday. We've got Rob Ward from Quadlock. Thanks for having me, guys. Mate, pretty special day to have you on and also Kim Jong-un and Trump meeting for the first time. Uh, yeah, that's, I feel like uh, a lot of important meetings are happening today. And there was something else that uh, is pretty big news. O-Bike guys are done. That's it. They're getting taken from, all the, from Melbourne. What are you doing on your weekends now? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Tommy was already talking about like um, getting getting one, like and, and mounting it on his wall. Yeah, you, I got an O bike story. Do you? I do. So can we let's explain who Rob is? Yeah, uh, true. Because I actually brought up the bike because I was looking at your Insta and there's an O bike in your Instagram. But Josh, I'll let you do uh, the housekeeping. Yeah, Rob is the uh, co-founder of Quadlock. It's like the number one way to mount your phone to things, specifically your bike. I was going to say, is that their marketing campaign? That's, that's, is it, that's me. Do you guys it. say it's number one, or are the people saying it's number one? I think the people have spoken, but <laughs> it's definitely number one. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trolling you. It's no, literally when I, you just, and you've been playing this game, TJ, ever since we worked on some quadlock stuff together. You just go out side and you'll mm. just see them on every bike and i was watching a um a, a camera a lens review the other day and you in london and you just see people using quad locks yeah um so it's, what i love is um you guys your friendship because how long have you known each other now um what nine oh. years well it's when did when did uh quad lock start it must be like seven or eight seven years or something yeah. like that it was before 2011 yeah 2011. So you've, Josh, you've seen from the outside Rob's business growing and. Yeah, well, I mean. Becoming the the number one. Ghetto uh, to still pretty ghetto. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because I remember we did. um, We connected through me when I was doing Melbourne Geek. How how often does that come up? Uh, How often does Melbourne Geek come up? Yeah. A bit, given the, how shit it was. <laughs> Did you know, Rob, that he had a, a sticker on his car, like a full decal that said Melbourne Geek? If there's one thing I know about Josh is that he would have had that before he even did his first post. <laughs> yeah, so true. The lo- I had the logo sorted. No, I had a caricature. I had like a full-blown... But yeah, so I think it was uh, uh, our... Um, my other mate, CP, who works with Rob, the other co-founder of Quadlock. I think he may have reached out initially being like, hey, you've got a Melbourne Melbourne blog. Will you cover us? And I said, yes. And so Quadlock was going... It was the opener case at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, explain what the opener case was. It's the, one of the first ever Aussie Kickstarter campaigns. And so probably when we did that, Doing a Kickstarter campaign was more of a story than what actually Opener was. Yeah. But Opener was pretty cool. It was um, pretty gimmicky, but it was effectively an iPhone bottle opener. Yeah, and I looked at the video you made. I, I think it's the video that you made. Which one? We did one. I, look, with- I, I looked on your website, Rob, and I and I went to Opener Case, and it has like its own website area, and then it has like a video of like um, all of its uses and like shows you it coming out. It looked like it was made on iMovie. 
But that's probably, I'm sure, high production back then. I feel like there was a mix. You had know. one from a guy in Canada who, remember he did that one on the cork oh, yeah, type yeah, of thing? Yeah. Uh, in summary, it, like, to, in short, it's like a, it almost was like a switchblade out the end of your iPhone where you charge it from and it comes out as like this full industrial looking yeah, bottle it. opener. It's yeah. actually a sick idea. I mean, your yep. phone would probably be seven centimetres thick now if you were, had yeah. it in your pocket. <laughs> But without having to snap your phone. But interesting, so why did you decide, what was the interest in making that other than opening your beers? Oh, I think back then, it's sort of, we are doing a couple of other businesses at the time, which were, which were fun. But we started to realise what we wanted to do was more of a, you know, a consumer product. And we were actually seeing at the same time that the barriers to entry of, you know, capital to get an idea off the ground, um, you know, access to people, telling people about what you're doing with, you know, social media, um, just, you know, being able to transact with people like uh, e-commerce, that kind of thing. It sounds silly to say some of this stuff actually, mm. but back then it was that we saw that those barriers were sort of falling down around us and we thought there's no really reason not to do something. And then we sort of started thinking, okay, what, we don't have any money, we don't really have enough friends to you know, be able to make a minimum order quantity of this. How do we how do we get some of that off the ground? And we knew that Kickstarter was out there. We had to sort of hack that to get on as Aussies. Aussies couldn't really get on at that time. Really? Yeah. We figured out that, you know, if you put ads on Facebook, people clicked on them and they did buy things. And we figured that out. We're like, oh, that's going to be, that's going to be handy. Um, <laughs> and from there, we just thought, you know, what would that product look like? Mm. And I remember one day, I think it was, I think I thought about it all week and I rang CP and I'm like, what if we put like a, Everyone likes bottle openers because everyone likes beers, and you don't <laughs> have your keys on you when you when you when you're drinking. So what if we put one on the back of your iPhone? It's the one thing you have with on you all the time. And then we sort of come up with. Yeah, I remember he he designed something up, and next thing we know, we had this slide out bottle opener, and we were running a Kickstarter campaign, and yeah, it sort of snowballed from there. It's funny because it's it's not like it's you you didn't reinvent the wheel. You just combined a few things that are awesome. Together, yeah. your phone yeah. and drinking beer. We've got a um, coffee Edo. order coming in. Uh, Edo's, 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 Edo's and Jacinta. Jacinta are bringing coffee. The, um, <laughs> yes, you can take a photo. So, <laughs> Rob, can you explain now how big Quadlock is? Like how many people, how many things are you selling? Thank you, Edo. Yeah, in, um, in, in Melbourne, in Paran here, Greville Street, we have the, there's 12 of us mm-hmm. full-time. Uh, two currently standing at the doorway with their standing. phones out. Yeah, we're probably on on the story <laughs> I, now, I'd I th- say. I don't know if they got that, but I th- somehow spilt uh, coffee on my pants. Josh is being which, awkward, so everything's normal. Which, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's control, fine. Rob. Uh, <laughs> control, control. No, so the... Um, yeah, so how, but how many quad locks have you sold? Uh, I don't know the figure, but it's over a million. Over a million quad locks. It's a lot of quad locks. It's a lot of quad locks. There's lots of them around. You know, you don't have to really look too hard anymore. Thanks, and that's guys. in a lot of lot of sort of major cities around the world, which is fun. Uh, there, you know, we, we're sold on um, apple.com uh, where, it, you know, we have things like uh, just crazy stuff's always happened around us, which is good. And a lot of it's luck and a lot of it's, I think, just being in the right place at the right time. Like Chris Froome, probably the most famous cyclist in the world, like he uses it on his training rides and things mm. like that. And that's just pure organic. It, um, we have, you know, 
lots of customers all over the place now. I think in the first three months we sold into, I think I remember this stat the other day, it was like, it's over a hundred countries. So it's, it's, it's grown, it's grown quick. Yeah. And just, I'm sure you know, Josh, so you're hearing things for the 50th time in a row, but I think it's still interesting. Like um, the, how you even came up with the concept of quad lock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, the, the initial idea of Quadlock came, um, CP came up with probably not as what it is now, but the sort of, you know, like all ideas, they sort of start somewhere. And it was when he moved to Sydney for a new design job, he had one of the first iPhones cracked that, um, not cracked screen as in cracks so oh, that you could use I, it back I in the day. I knew that as soon as you said that, Tommy would have no idea what yeah. you're no, talking no, about. I actually thought crack because yeah, I remember... I, I could see that in your eyes. No, I remember people <laughs> cracking. What was the actual jailbreak? Jailbreak. Jailbreak, yeah. that's right. So you jailbreak the phone. So he had it set up. So that's even, when prisoners escaping get a phone <laughs> off on the black market. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so jailbreaking them would have been... Were they even doing third-party apps then? Or what was the... Oh, that's right. He CP had it so he could use a piece of hardware that was like a game controller. Oh, that was the thing that he... Yeah, that was another thing he came up with. Yeah. It was like a... Yeah, you could put like old Nintendo games on it if you jailbroke it as yeah. well, remember? Like yeah, King yeah. Con- um, yeah. But anyway, that... So he was in Sydney and he had a new job and he was riding around... And he was like, geez. And that was when Google Maps was like brand new mm. on iPhone. And I mean, think about like, we just take maps on an iPhone with, you know. You only have to use GPS. Apple. You only have to use Apple Maps once to realize how important like a good Maps app yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, he was there doing that. And he's like, well, isn't, wouldn't it be cool if we could, if I could mount my phone on my bike? And then I suppose that was the initial start of the idea. And then from there, it grew into this mounting system that we could do everything we do today with it. And it's still growing at the moment. We're still working on stuff that will come out in the, in the coming years. So going into creating something like this, is there a thought that it is so basic? And the th- did you ever think, surely someone else has done this? And why? Like, Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think there's, there's two things here. Is it one, we'll sort of, with something like, um, you know, like iPhone bottle opener or something like that, like, yes, yeah, someone could have done it already. But even if someone's done it already, it doesn't mean it's not worth doing if you can do it in a better way. Mm. But also if you can sell it better than them. Um, and like I, I tend to think now when you look around, you find something that no one's ever done, even tried to do. Or it's it, sometimes what it is is that there's actually no money in that market and that someone's <laughs> thought of it and they've tried to do it and it never went anywhere. But at the same time, you can sometimes have an original idea. Yeah. It's probably more rare than having mm. the idea that has been thought of before. Because and the serendipity of the way the world works is people think of things at the same time because at the same we're all got similar influences on ourselves. Yeah. At, at well, the time. iPhones come like people are jailbreaking their phone. They're starting to cycle. All yeah. of these sort of yeah. things start yeah. to to happen. Um, so just, just quickly, did you think Quadlock in its initial idea phase, you thought it was a original idea uh yeah the way the way that i think there was other things like putting your phone on your bike but see cp had the idea way before we did anything with it as well like 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 a lot of ideas in life yeah um and it just we so we had that idea before opener but it just seemed bigger and harder to get off the ground so we did opener um, and then from opener then we then we poured money and sort of resources into quadlock uh, and then grew up from there. But it was a slower burn mm. than Opener. Opener was sort of, 
you know, you remember the PR we got with Opener like straight yeah. away, Josh. It was it seemed really big back then. It's probably not not that big, but well, you because you were you had the Oakley office. Was it Oakley? Y- yeah, yeah. So you you're in Oakley. You had uh, all of these like, like a factory a laser. Yeah. Um, what laser cutting machines. Laser cutting machines. We had a laser business. And you're getting printers. into 3D printing. And so you had all these websites going. Yep. You had like a 3D printing website. You had yep. ones on. Um, had the 3dprinters.com.au, the blog. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so. That's I mean, early days. So this is so this was 20, uh, 2011. Yeah, but I mean, I mean that stuff started probably like 2010. Yeah. You know, 20, yeah, something like that. And the funny thing is with the Melbourne Geek stuff, I uh, classic JJ style went, filmed Episode three of Melbourne Geek, which was never aired. Was it three of three? Oh no, didn't even air it. I don't think we never did. I but the um, I remember I felt he's come a long way. Yeah, I feel like I uh, I felt bad, and so like we were, I was constant. It was this weird thing where it's like I really liked Rob and CP, so we're just trying to like we just sort of got over the fact that that was never go. All the filming that we did for an afternoon was never going to air. But we created all of this. <laughs> That's how it happened, right? Yeah, now you mention it. Uh, yeah, because I'm sitting here. Because <laughs> well, I remember I tried to. I've, I found on my hard drive, and we'll need to release it at some point, of um, a Skype interview that I did with Rob, where I was like, you know, that classic case oh, where you don't yeah. you don't have enough you don't have enough content, and so it just becomes this game of trying to salvage something. <laughs> and so what I said is we needed um, uh, Rob in the video. I think I'd only filmed CP so far, and I wanted to get Rob's side. And Rob was like, "Where were you working at the time?" You were in an I was expo. At, um, yeah, I was. I was working for um, Farley Laser Lab at that time. What are they doing? And uh, you know, big industrial laser and plasma cutting machines. Yeah. Heavy, heavy, heavy equipment. Like a sales role, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I was. I think I was in like Sydney or something. Yeah. At the time. And you were. You took like um, yeah half an hour when you were at the on the expo floor to um to skype in and i recorded the interview which also just sits on my hard drive <laughs> yeah. so i haven't done anything with it but the um but the funny thing was i can't believe we made it without it yeah <laughs> i know i know but the the amazing thing was that we ended up going to Macworld. so in mm. the beginning of 2012 uh, january of 2012 we both went to Macworld, and for me it was my big entry into doing uh events for melbourne geek and and covering them and being the guy going like oh what product are you selling mm. and rob and cp were going over as was it like opener uh, as the main thing or was it quadlock i think i think opener i think i think i'm just trying to think when was what was the date since i think maybe quadlock wasn't actually properly released we just finished the um you definitely crowdfunding campaign but it wasn't it was still being like yeah. manufactured. Yeah. yeah. You hadn't had your first round of actual manufacturing yet, but they had a booth and um, it was amazing. Like I had, I remember I was on my own first time traveling on my own. This is San Francisco, yeah. right? Yeah, and we're in San Francisco and I just hung out with Rob and CP the whole time. You've showed me the photo of you guys in the bar together. Yes. You yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a <laughs> selfie Josh took in the bar. We were, were having on a pizza. few lemonades. Yeah, we um, yeah, we had uh, pizza and all that sort of thing. But yeah, it was. I um, still remember him rocking up when we first met, and he rocks up and he's like, "Everyone's offering me Roxy in the street. What should we get? Some Roxy? <laughs> What's Roxy in the and street?" I'm like, 
Do you mean oxy? It was oxycontin. <laughs> <laughs> it was because it was, there was a, um, I didn't know that I was living near the Tenderloin, like in San Francisco for the, for the few weeks that I was there. Yes. And so I had my 5D around my neck, walking around, just like, oh, I'm oh. in San Francisco. And I just had, yeah, all these people were like, hey, want some oxy? Want some oxy? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, no, thank you. But, um, yeah, no, so it was interesting. But, the, I mean, talk about early days and like with Macworld, for instance, it was the first Macworld that Apple had just left. The first one that sucked real bad. Yeah, well, it was the in the sense of everyone was doing cover iPhone covers. Yeah. So, literally, you'd go to this expo and you're used to like... Mm. Um, I'd never been before, but there was lots of different sort of, you know, different Mac apps and just... I, guess I think these things always seem better, though, when you're at home watching the highlights on YouTube yeah. than when you're actually there walking around. The, the events? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. way better. Well, that's like NAB and all that sort of thing. Like it's the reality of it was a bunch of people selling iPhone cases. Yeah. And and what were you thinking when you got there? Did you see people doing similar things? You're like, oh, shit. Nah, no one, no one had anything similar. Um, They're all going pretty bling bling with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So kitty. Yeah, and and like um, that. This is where like the the like lens carbon adapters, fiber and yeah. stuff like that. Lens Otter, adapter. Otterbox, Otterbox was was big there. Life proof was just coming out. Yeah, like a lot of screen protectors. I remember there was S- stuff that's mundane but was new newish then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, people are making money somewhere from so many different things, just random things. I think when you think about stuff in general, it's easy just to let like something slide. But then when you actually think of how many people in the world are and like mm. how big a niche is. Like I remember the other day I was listening to the to the podcast and you had, um, was it your friend Lisa was on? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Just saying, oh, hopefully people are thinking about this now or, or, or wanting this, you know, from coaching or from whatever it is. And I, I remember thinking, I think about it a bit differently. I think, actually, no, you just need to get to the people that want that. Because yeah. there's someone that wants that. There's yeah. someone that wants this. There's someone that wants this. And those little niches of people who want different, completely different things yeah. are actually huge when, mm. you, when you think about the scale of the Are you playing world. in a niche, do you think? Yeah, definitely. If we weren't in a niche, it, wouldn't, it would have been... If we were just a generic, you know, cover, you, mm-hmm. you, it's trying to scale that is, yeah. is hard yeah. because... Unless you've got, especially because you've got to think, we didn't have any any cash at the start. Uh-huh. What do you when you say we didn't have any cash? What does that actually? What does a bank account with no cash actually look like? Because I feel like it's no cash for me is like Zero twenty dollars. grand in debt. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, like what is no cash? Like no, what were I you mean, just you know, I suppose like no cash means fifty grand. No, sure. <laughs> I don't yeah, even like, know. I can't remember. You're talking I, relevant to what it will cost to set yeah, this Yeah, relevant thing up. to what it costs. I mean, like we couldn't, you know, we did, I, I, to be honest, like CP and I did save up lots of money back in the day and it gave us like a grace period, but that's like- Paying your salary. Yeah, which just means that you don't have to pay a salary more like yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You can just live and have a life while you hmm. try and get something going. Okay. But what it's not, you know, like with, with, especially with hardware products and things like that, you know, it's- it's big money to get things off the ground and mm-hmm. to get enough stock out there to do something at scale that it's worthwhile doing and that kind of thing. You know, and we we scaled up to it, but you know, like 20, 30 grand here from a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. 40 grand, they that helped a lot. And we had these other businesses that were developing cash flow that we didn't need ourselves that we could just funnel into the new things we were doing. Yeah. So 
it was really like businesses on businesses that paid for the next business that paid for the next business. And so it wasn't that we had, you know, $200,000. And, you know, it wasn't that we went to someone and said, this is our idea. You give us 250K, we'll yeah. give you half, and then we'll go and... We didn't even think like that. You just that had enough then. cash flow to keep through these other doing things the next to thing. do. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, Tommy and I are going into business together at the end of the year. What advice do you have for going into a partnership? Uh, I, I think it's... I mean, the fact that you guys are doing this and you have to hang around all the time Mm because it's easy just to be mates with someone Mm -hmm. when you see them once a week kind of thing or or once a month. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. anyone can do that. But I think what it is is you've got to, you know, if you've got a little bit of stress or strain or something Mm -hmm. like this isn't easy to get together every frigging day and and do this, right? That's a good start that you know you can work together even if when you're maybe not at your best. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're tired, when you can't be bothered, all that kind of thing. But I think another thing that I think is important is um, being in a similar predicament. Mm-hmm. So a, a good example is... So I need um, to have a kid. So yeah, I'm pretty Definitely sure. Get to work. Yeah. Okay. No, all that's right. fair. It's fair. That's- all right. Do you want me to call Bree? Or- <laughs> exactly. We can organize it. Yeah. Well, I'll talk. I mean, I'll- I've got my camera in my hand right now. <laughs> anyway. um, no, so I think... If, you know, when we started, I think the good thing was, and I, I mean, this is the difference. I only come, come up with this sort of like, and I didn't even come up with this. I remember CP mentioning it. Like retrospectively. Retrospectively. Yeah. That we see, we've seen other people do it mm-hmm. and it hasn't worked out as well, but they've had, you know, they've probably wanted different outcomes yeah. and they've been in a different position at the start. So when you like starting positions different mm-hmm. and then your end positions different, yeah, it's going to be hard, like really, really hard. Where if you're... You know, we both, we were in very similar position where we had, you know, we both had a house. We both mm-hmm. had long-term girlfriends at the time, which now are our wives. We both had, we gave up good sort of things on the outside, like careers or, you know, we were earning good money. Same we, sort of sacrifice. Same sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Lots of things are same. We could put in similar um, from both, like we put in similar money when we needed to from both sides. So, mm-hmm. and we both... You know, we wanted to this to be the thing that we were doing. Yeah. You know, it's not like oh, you you go do that, but I still want to do this over here. So it was sort of even at the yeah. start. We could and we could move forward sort of together. So I think, you know, we like we wasn't some master plan. We didn't know all that beforehand. But in retrospectively thinking, it that's made it easier at the start. Yeah. Because I think at the start, that's probably where the most stress stress and sort of pressure is to, to, to sort of make something work. Yeah, when things aren't actually working well it's yet. not easy then is it yeah. i mean it's not easy now it's never going to be easy and i think the other thing is you think i don't know if everyone thinks that i definitely do you know i just got to get to here i just got to get to here like that you never get to the finish line mm-hmm. like it just keeps moving further away you a lot of the end time before and that's yeah meaning where you start and where you're in do you mean vision is this like you guys are on the same trajectory together that you're looking ahead going that's where we want to be yeah i think so and i think you know it's not like we, you know, we're not that structured that we would sit down and write a goal and, and have a vision board and all that kind of stuff. But it's just that you know you want to sort of make, you know, we wanted to make something bigger than ourselves. We wanted mm-hmm. to, you know, um, you know, push the limits, um, you know, not because like I sort of think along the way, there's many times where you could just go, okay, this is this is good. Now this is nice. Yeah. You could have sold out. Yeah, like four that years could have ago. done that. You could have just thought, no, no, this is where we'll keep it. We're, we're comfortable at this level. But then there's like that other thing that, you know, do you want to keep pushing? 
um, and all that kind of thing. And I think as the, you know, when you first start as the two of you in a, you know, little factory in Oakley yeah. late at night yeah. and then, and you're, you know, it's all on you two and it's all between you two. It's not even your factory, you're robbing someone yeah, else. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> the thing. And then, squatting. Yeah, I mean, you got to make ends meet. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, but then squatting after all, in Oakley will be our <laughs> memoir. I mean, no, yeah. <laughs> we got robbed twice there. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't us. It was, it was, <laughs> what, <laughs> what did they steal, by the way? Yeah, um, camera gear. Uh, annoying. Yeah, I know. Um, but then, you know, now, you know, I can almost go a whole day without talking to CP. Mm. <laughs> what, what, what's for lunch or something? Because there's all these other people, you're doing different things, you're talking like it, it gets so much more spread out. How did you work out where to hire? And how do you know if, it, if you actually need more people? We probably hire super slow mm-hmm. um, and, you know, we were, I think in in looking back at it, we do things a bit, you know, it's differently, but it, for me, it's sort of just intuitively, it's a way to do it. Whereas we don't like go raise a whole heap of money and hire a whole heap of people and hope that we'll get that product market fit right. And then eventually our market will match our, you know, our setup. Yeah. We do the opposite. We keep it lean and then we try and make this massive wave and then we try and ride the wave then we try to get other people on the wave as mm-hmm. we, as we're going mm-hmm. we're not so i'd say we're always probably um so you're under leveraged we're probably always under leveraged yeah but that that gives you the freedom to be able to do more stuff like not everything has to work perfect you know when we want to when we want to scale something we want to you know dig in and we when we feel the time's right on something we can go really hard. We, mm. we can, um, you know, we, and w- a lot of what we do, we do it in a scalable way. So we don't just, you know, that's why our frustrations over the years dealing with the old school side of like distribution and things like that come from that there's all these archaic systems and inefficiencies and people in the way. And we just sort of think if we can get enough people to like what we do and want our product and we look after them, Mm. And we can do that in like a, you know, a sustainable way that's scalable. We don't need to have, you know, a ton of people. Like you've probably seen how we work, Josh. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I I only know the way we do it in here. Mm-hmm. But then when I talk to people on the outside, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I think um, what I find have the need first and then go and fix it and then go and make keep up with the demand, I suppose. Which I think one of the interesting challenges is knowing when to switch on growth or to switch yeah. on, uh, you know, because that sort of under leverage thing, I think about uh, when I would do um, projects for Envato when I was an employee and Nasan and I, would we went around the world for three months. We flights, accommodation per diem, all of our camera equipment for 50 grand, right? Like fuck all money. Like we did it for. Wow. And the thing was, and we were, stay, like we were staying in the shittiest places, yeah. Super 8s in LA where people were knocking on the door asking us to open up. And shit got like some that. Roxies for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Josh, your Roxies. <laughs> and the thing is that it's um, the reflection that Nasan and I had was it's like uh, Collis never told us the budget we set the budget and so we had <laughs> we had inevitably like we could have said 70 grand you put yourself there yeah and so there is a that little bit where it's like at what point is this smaller thinking or yeah. let's do it lean when is it actually like a limiting factor but i think because 
it can be limiting, but you're just looking at one one thing. So just say you, the t- all the money you had was a hundred, yeah, and you had fifty on that, like, and you've got another fifty. Mm-hmm. What can you do with that other fifty? Where I'm sort of thinking, if I've got the if I've got a hundred, just, mm-hmm. just a number, if I can, you know, if I if I have to do this, I'll do this for thirty, and if I can keep seventy for what really scales something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like when, when we talk about it, I'll be like, um, I know, like I look at someone shooting a full-on TVC mm-hmm. and I find out that they spent $400,000 on it. Yeah. And then I'm like, whoa, and I'm thinking, fuck, $400,000. You've got to spend like, you know, tens of millions on that to, to leverage that kind of... Mm-hmm. And then you find out they spend 600000 showing it to people. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's where I would go and you know, try and get the best product possible for 50 and spend 950 yeah. showing it to people. Yeah, so where wow. do you think you overspend then? If someone looked at your business, what would the traditional people say that you overspend in? If you looked at, maybe they might say we spend too much on marketing. Mm-hmm. But if they look at the, how the business has grown and they really understood it, mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh, maybe you should spend more on marketing. So marketing <laughs> means Facebook means, what does it mean it, to you? Yeah, like, you know, like Facebook, Google, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, the scalable stuff, the stuff that, you know, pays the bills, the stuff that really, you know, I mean, nowadays when it comes to like, you know, product, I think what it is is, you know, we've got, so we've got three people making product mm-hmm. or designing product. We can only, we'll spend as much as we can to leverage that and get the best stuff to market possible, but it caps itself. You can only do so much at a certain time and you can only push something at a certain speed. Yeah. But then when it comes to once you've got that product, and you've got that system to push the product through, you can start to scale it. And when you can scale it, it's kind of like, all right, so we've got all this firewood and the fire's this big, but with two people, we can burn this small thing of firewood or with the two people that we've got, we can burn the whole lot if we want. And get does it translate really going. that though? Like, so say it, if you it, make, it does if you spend f- five bucks and get three sales, does that mean when you spend 10 bucks, you'll get six you get, sales? You get diminishing returns on everything. Yeah. So that you get to a point where it works well and, then it, and as you push past it, but it that's, the, that's where the art of mm-hmm. it is. And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily always in your spreadsheets, in your sort of um, workings out because this, we're, in a, we're in a tricky market where we've got seasons mm-hmm. and we're worldwide but then we've also got releases of galaxy devices release of iphone devices so we've got this crazy seasonality yeah mm-hmm. that goes through which not just to do with it being hot and cold hot and cold as well as people are riding their bikes and the more people are running oh now we do car mount stuff now we're doing stuff for this now we're doing stuff for that so it's always changing and i think one of the toughest things for us is we have to understand the market because we can't really use our historical data that well because we've never been the same for that long so you can do you if you do you have ways of road mapping or predicting and how close are you with that sort of uh, stuff? we we used to we used to try do it but now it's just you know we'll we're pretty sure we'll sell a lot like when an <laughs> iphone x it's like just make as many as we can at the start and yeah. then we'll catch up and then we'll it'll work its way out but when it comes to it you know just say if you look at something like something simple you know like it's not simple but like the funnel how we sell mm-hmm right we can run that with the people we have here and that and you can run that for you know to you know a million people or mm-hmm. for or a thousand dollars or we can run it to you know 50 million people and you know much greater sum of money like that stuff spending more or 
talking to more people or getting the story heard by more people doesn't necessarily mean more staff, doesn't mean more. It just means scaling what what we're doing and yeah, what sure. the system's doing. Because at, at the end of the day, I think that's where the, um, for us, where we've had the wins and also what's what means we can we can keep going mm-hmm. and what and what pays for all the new stuff we want to do. Mm. You yeah. guys are doing pretty well on social media thanks to Josh who made all your videos. Well, I mean the thing, <laughs> the funny thing is Quadlock is one of those clients that's like they're annoying. Rob, no, Rob knows what <laughs> Rob knows what he wants. Like Rob like it was more my job was to help him just implement the things that he knew that he needed to mm. do because they've over all these the one thing that I've learned about Quadlock is just you create a system and then you've just got to sort of test against it. And as soon as you yeah. remove the, the system, you're then that's where it becomes a little mm. bit harder to actually measure if you're successful. And I mean, not. everything we do, we're just trying to beat what we did. Yeah. And so it's like, we'll try anything, but we're trying it in a way that we can learn from it and we can either go, it's a it, it wins or it loses. Mm. And I think... That way of thinking for me is like perfectly fine. I, I feel really comfortable with it. But I've realized over time that it takes a little while for people to be comfortable with that. And it's and it's it's because it's not saying that, you know, because I know Josh could make us a video that he, he'd show you and you'd love it and it would look amazing. And it would be actually a better video. I mean, better it, is this subjective yeah, thing, exactly. which is like, yeah. is, would it is sell better? more quadlocks? Yeah, exactly. Maybe so, not. So you're saying you create, like, and I know just from working on the quadlock stuff yeah. is you guys are crafting it to the, I guess, niche audiences yeah, that yeah. you know will, you know, respond to those, yeah, those videos. Yeah. A, a guy who actually got an office around the corner from here, he's he does marketing stuff, but he was telling me the story and I think you've, you've probably heard some version of this where it's a spray tan business, you know, spends $800,000 worth of um, ad spend through Facebook and essentially Facebook own their business. You know, it's like around that, you know, I know you guys probably yeah. tip a lot into yeah. social media. How much of that plays on your mind that you're it, it, on borrowed land? It does, but I'd rather... You know, I think there's there's only one way to have access to the to the people, right? And there's there's you know providing good content, getting people to you know opt into your content and things like that is is good. Could we ever have had enough people just opt into you know organic content to keep this thing going? Mm. Impossible. So it's kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I do think on on I mean for me personally, I sort of think. You know, like when radio first, you know, when print first started, those person, people who first started printing the first ads probably did really well. And then mm. when radio started, first people advertised on radio probably did really well. And then, you know, TV, people on TV at the start probably did really well. And then, you know, now we have the whole Web 2.0 and social media and things like that. And the people who you look around, people who figured it out quick did do very well in that. And there's a lot of businesses built around a very similar time that have done very well through it because they understand it and they were new to it. And the good thing was there wasn't the big kind of money in it that means, you know, to go get a front, you know, because the kind of people that, the kind of numbers that see our stuff, it's it's not like, it's more than if you went and got like the front page of the Herald Sun, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But do you know what it costs to get the front page of the Herald Sun? Ridiculous. Well, you have to murder someone. Yeah, I mean, okay, the inside page. Yeah. <laughs> With the quad lock. Yeah. <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. it's, it's so expensive yeah. 
because you're going up against people who don't need to make return on their investment and mm-hmm. they're yeah. just there to say to their boss, oh, look, we got the Herald Sun, isn't that cool? And they're like, that's great. Does anyone read it? No, I don't know what land matter. they're living in though for that kind of stuff. I d- like, I don't know either, but people, they're still selling it. They're still getting that money. Which is crazy. I think it's leg. I think it's, uh, it's legacy. legacy. But it's, the good um, thing is, there's all these industries built around it. There's there's advertising agencies built around it. There's um, media buying agencies built mm, around that. Mm. All this, you know, even though the people aren't there, all this other stuff, and they're selling it on, has to fall down before, you know, habits change. The main thing I worry about is not that Facebook owns this or anything like that. Is that I look at you know where where the big budgets come into it and where, as things get more expensive and that kind of thing. But then at the same time, we have a product that people come back and buy again and again and again. So we've to get the foothold in the market that we are in now. Even if you come with a bigger budget, um, you know, maybe more product. Still, you can't just click your fingers and have like a brand name synonymous with a certain industry. Yeah, and that's sort of what Quadlock is now. You know, if you want something to mount your phone, we're the best. We're the best thing on the market in an active lifestyle. Yeah, and how much of um, how much have you changed from the time that you started to now? Your capacity and and what what you think about on a daily basis. Cause I think it's a good question. I I'm I'm sure I've changed, but because it happens slowly and over time, you don't. Well, for example, see it or feel it as much, I suppose. My wife's got a candle business, uh, nowhere near successful as Quadlock. Mywifescandles.com. Yeah, you can you can get to her candles through there. Did you buy that? Uh, no, I think Tommy. I bought that. Uh, yeah, oh, Tommy actually, But I do own obikefishing.com. I true. <laughs> he owns that. Um, but we went through just something very little. And I guess, you know, you're playing this big space and this is something we went into this little business that she started and we got a website and we got a candle order and her friend bought one in Sydney. We paid for the shipping. It went there a month later. I open up the mailbox at my office. There's the candle that we sent. It had been sent back to us. We got charged a fee for having it sent back to us. And my point of saying all this is that these are all the things that you just would never think about when you go into a business. You're so, ready to close down the business. Oh, we shut up shop. <laughs> we declared bankruptcy and uh, no, no. But that, yeah. uh, you know, the early day compared to now, like your capacity now, I imagine would be to take on to take on all this shit. You're not thinking about the you're million not, times you, you're sending a case out. Nah, but I think what we did do. This goes back to that, I remember what we did do is, like I said, when we did like you know. Call, opener and quadlock we wanted to be scalable from sort of day one we tried to make it we tried to make it so that if we had success doing what we were doing then we wouldn't have all this other crazy work of shipping stuff we still did all that don't worry but the way we sort of set it up was more scalable like from day one and and i think it's just you know being aware of what's out there what's available like back then in Australia, there wasn't anything. AP really missed the boat on e-commerce and things like that. But Amazon Prime it, is that? Uh, no, AP? Um, Australia Post. Australia Post. Yeah, so close. That was it. Was I was going to ask what AP was? Yeah, and so I'm proud yeah. of your guess. Thanks. Yeah, no, Amazon wasn't here back in like <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh But the thing was, so I think, I think when you do something like this, what it is, and I see this with other businesses, is what you don't want to do is be set up in a way that if you have success doing what you call thing is whatever that thing is that you then make all this other bullshit on sundry work that you don't want to be doing so like you know a good example might a simple example might be all right you you set up a you know 
selling something right and you're there and you're selling and you're doing the job that you're meant to be doing, which is selling this product or providing this service. But then what you don't want to have is that when you do that, it actually takes you like three hours every night to reconcile your books or to, mm-hmm. you know, go through and handwrite invoices. You want a good system in the background that while you're doing what you're meant to be doing, having a success here, this part will take care of itself. So to a certain extent. Mm. So everything we've done is trying to have a setup somewhat like that. And sometimes we've done it better than better than others. What have, what's been your priorities? What do you like doing? What do you hate doing? What's something that you ended up doing that you... I think it's not, it's not necessarily at start. It's not like what you like or what you hate. It's what, what makes, sense. makes a difference, yeah. what has a real impact. So, you know, if it's... Um, you know, we're better off sitting down and like working out the right copy to have in the video mm-hmm. that people want to hear and make them transact. Then, you know, you know, then packing ten orders or doing mm-hmm. this or doing that. Like that has to be done. But if yeah. there's a system that we can use and pay someone else to do that, that's scalable. Where like you know, you need people who know the product who who are sort of thinking outside the box to try and make the thing that will give you those 10, 20, 30, 40, 100, 400,000 orders. So what what do you actually care about? Like what do you think about in the sense of... Getting... Often it's just simple stuff like what can we do to get another Cordlock customer? And is it is that financially driven? Like do you have financial goals where no, it's like we no, want to I be hitting it's just, certain amounts? It's just, you know, look, I think a lot of it's been over the past, you know, at the start it's just because we need them so we can keep doing what we're doing yeah. <laughs> like at the very start. Then it becomes this thing that, you know, we want to be the best in the space. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be the number one. Yeah. Then you try and do that. And then it becomes that now everyone's trying to copy you and take you on and... Number um, one, how do you how do you measure that? Do you, like, I think what, it's what do just, you if you see, you know, I, you, you're never going to get accurate stats, right? Mm-hmm. So I see things like... And I mean, and then you look on Amazon and there's a lot of like $20 mounts sold, but mm-hmm. I don't see that as our sort of... How much is a quad loss? Like you know, sixty nine ninety five yeah. or how do you how do you justify US, how much that is? How much do you um? How do you work out what something costs? A like lot how of, much? To be honest, a lot of the time it's um, guessing. It's guessing, but parts of it are um, when we first started was what it cost to make something. Yeah, and then work you know work work up, not go from here because when we started there wasn't a thing that was. A benchmark. Um, a benchmark. Yeah. So you're not going, okay, the market pays 100 mm-hmm. and we've got to try and make it work for 100. So we've got to be able to make it, ship it, you know, custom support, returns, all those kind of things. It was more, okay, it costs us this much and we need to make this much and we need to do this and we need to be able to reinvest in the business and in marketing. It's going to look somewhere around about here. Yeah. And we just did it with that. And then at the end of that, you go, do, is that what people would pay for this? Do you think yeah. that's yeah. about right? And then when... You you put it as a dot ninety five and it sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> put, put sale next to it. And yeah, they buy it. Tommy and I are trying to work out what we prioritize with our business. Yeah. So uh, we're doing media type stuff, original content. Is that does that mean that you've got to move the car, Tommy? No, fifteen minutes. Okay. I don't know why that went off. Uh, maybe From because the, you said it earlier. Yeah, but, um, the, Smart guys. The um, 
Yeah, original. it's an original media type company, all that sort of thing. What are you saying, Robbie? Feel free to say it out loud. Do you want to turn off the aircon? Is it too cold? Yeah, we Rob's can. Rob's in a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you I just, just put press, a beanie on. Do I just, yeah, oh, true. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I didn't That's even, what made me think. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um, no, so, um, yeah, t- Tommy and I doing this thing. We're trying to work out where to invest our money in the sense yeah. of, do we is is a is an office space worthwhile? How do you work out? Okay, what I think it's... I think it's um, why it comes back to invest where it matters. Mm. And that's for me. I mean, like we could have afforded a bigger, better office space mm-hmm. probably years ago, but it wasn't the priority. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it became more of a priority as we're growing and we wanted a better, cooler spot and that kind of thing. And you sort of come to realization, you know, like it's, I mean, everyone, I know lots of people, everyone who works here likes coming to work and yeah. we have a good time and it's a pretty fun place, but it is nicer being in a nice spot. But it's nice, you know, like the, but what's quad it, what's lock, the person worth? who buys a quad lock, it, who knows? Yeah. You can't put a price on it. I so don't, you can't I put have a price no, on cool. So you, you you can't, but at the same time, um, you're not that's stretched. why we were in a you know factory in Oakley when we yeah, started yeah. kind of thing. So it's a it's a nice to have and we can we can afford to have some nice to haves near mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I think that, I think, you know, early, early on, we just instinctively would go for you know the things that matter the things that are like the like one of the things we always say is like what's going to move the needle mm-hmm. so it's like if you can do this 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 and this which thing is actually going to move the needle what's going to make a difference in what we do and why is that and then mm-hmm. we gravitate more towards the things that are going to make a difference because there's a lot of stuff you can spend time and energy on that never make a difference and i think an awesome example is um with this podcast is only having the jingle and the logo yeah. by episode 100. Yeah. And I and I know when we when we spoke on the phone, I think just, yeah. I think you were just organizing it at yeah, the time. Yeah. I was like I wasn't I was just like, yeah, that's awesome that you're doing it now because I know you like doing that. Yeah. But the good thing is is he's been itching since the start. Oh, of course he has. But the good thing is like the old JJ would have done it and done three episodes yeah, yeah. and then be on to something else I would by have now. Done two and put the third one off and gone to Macworld. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but seriously. And then so now, you know, like because actually no one gives a shit about the jingle or yeah. the logo, except mm. for probably you. Yeah. So but you've done a hundred episodes deep, you've got this thing, you know, yeah, treat yourself, get the new joint, get the logo, get the jingle, but concentrate on like what matters mm-hmm. and i think that's what when i when i was texting you the other day and said um you know like congrats on getting to episode i can't remember what i said congrats on getting to episode 100 mm-hmm. i was saying i was thinking like now's the time this is this is this is me this is what i would do yeah. and i don't know the metrics behind podcasting and i don't know the space as well as you guys do but i'm just thinking if i speak broadly about just you know i don't know if it's business or what it is just achieving something i would like I just think at the start, you can't be super critical of what you're doing. You've mm-hmm. just got to go. you just got to move forward at all costs mm-hmm. because you actually you don't know what you don't know at a certain yeah. point when you first start something, You can't right? self-edit you, at the beginning. No, you can't. Like you, you just won't have any forward. words on the page. It's like complete. And it's like, you know, do open a case, get ripped off, and every, there's a million of them sold now and they're not ours, right? Yeah. But if we never moved forward with if we stopped it, we couldn't afford a patent. If we yeah. hadn't have done it in the first mm-hmm. place, we wouldn't have got to get doing quadlock, yeah. right? Well, so, and that's not the game we, as well. I think that the other is. thing too is it's like it's realizing like what is the this reason. This may not be the actual thing. Yeah, you don't mm. know what's the thing. I don't exactly. think. 
But 100%. you just got to keep moving forward at all costs. It, but it's what Hamish said. Yeah, he said it, it might not be actually yeah. six hundred and thirty. That you then go, hang on, the penny drops, kind of. The thing. penny drops, and you realise this wasn't the thing, but it had to. You had to do it to get. You the have next to thing. do it, and it's kind of like three D printers, lasers, you know, opener, quad. Maybe quad looks not the thing. You don't know, but it's, you know, you don't. It's like it's the journey. It's not the destination. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, like I said, the finish mm-hmm. line always keeps moving further away. But. I think at a certain point, once you're just pushing forward and you push forward and you push forward to a certain point where you've got that flow and you're starting mm-hmm. to do it, that's when you've got to get self-aware and sort of self-critical and start going, okay, so we're doing this. Why are we doing that? Does that make a difference? What is it that, um, you know, like for you guys, I don't know what it'd be. What is it makes users connect? Where do you find out that you're getting new people from? Like mm-hmm. for us, it's... Um, you know, okay, we're, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing this kind of ads, we're doing this kind of product. Uh, we, You know what? We actually don't stick that well in that market. We we have a good product. The people who have it like it, we're not that good at getting lots more people in that market for some reason. But hey, there's this other market over here where we're just crushing it and we're not even trying that hard. Actually, why don't we try really hard there? nail that we can always come back to this thing you, it's starting to get critical of yourself even if you'd like something are you removing the emotion yeah removing the emotion being sort of logical logical to a point where it almost makes people feel i think uncomfortable at the start but then once you get used to it mm. it's actually liberating because you can go i'm not doing that <laughs> yeah you know yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. with emails like if you ask i don't reply to lots of emails yeah but i don't really feel bad about it either well i think that's like even tommy and I on this journey, the more we get in, the more we are open to critiques as individuals where we say, okay, that one, that show didn't feel right. I think it was because of X, Y, and Z. I think we could do this. We could do that. Mm. It's like, it's, you don't want to have that at the start because at the start, you're It'll literally- stop you from doing yeah, it. Yeah. You're literally yeah. just trying to, it's sort of like- you're running up when you're running up a just hill. Just rocking at the up is enough. Yeah, exactly. To start with, and, yeah. And so now we're starting to. But you've nailed the rocking up part. Yeah, exactly. So you can't just accept just rocking ups enough yeah. anymore. So how do you stop from just getting like? Have you gotten bored through any of the the journey? Oh, uh, not I. Not really. I find as soon as I think about that, something changes or something happens, and I get pumped about oh this is going to be hard or this is i don't know how to do this or yeah you know we, we got to go and work this out you know we're doing this new thing how do you think we're going to do it? like when i you know just the thought process kicks at something and then mm. you just go and then you mm. you know you end up running around for three weeks with josh shooting from like <laughs> six till six every day mm. writing scripts and you know that yeah. kind of thing like as soon as something always pops up to yeah. me um and I think if you're, you know, when you're really immersed in something and you think about it a lot, um, I, I remember I had someone say to me once, so, so, so you, just do, you just do the iPhone case thing now? I'm like, uh, um, yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, just the, just the iPhone case. So, so you, and you, so it's just you and I'm like, no, it's, I think we might have had like six or seven people at the time. So there's like six or seven of us. They go, oh. So what do those guys work on? <laughs> the, the iPhone case thing. <laughs> I mean, that's simplifying it for this person, right? They, but looking- that's what I mean. Like, you know, I think it's like there's as much or as little as you want to get into it. Um, if you don't really get into it that much, you're probably not going to get that much out of it. But 
you know, the world's complex and I, I think it's all the little wins that add up mm. in the long run. It's not the one big si- silver bullet, but at the, in saying that, there's, at the very start, there's big things that make big differences. Then as you, as you nail it, like, you know, rocking up, like we talk about, like just, just getting a show on the internet for people to listen to. Mm. Is, if, you, if you're not doing that one big thing, you can't have success. But once you've done that, then there's all these little things that'll, you know, get that compounding effect and, and start to really add up in the long run. Yeah, mm. it's that thing mm. of I I find the uh, that the quote we overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in a year. Like that yeah. really resonates with me. Yeah, because there's so many times where I'm also. I've just got these big dreams of what I, you know, it's like I speak to... You get paralysis yeah. because it's too big. So, you know, there's, there's, there's film students who say they want to go to Hollywood, but they haven't made a single mm. film yet. Yeah. And the, they're missing that whole other... They're missing the journey and they don't yeah. realise that the journey is the, is the fun bit, right? It's like oh, if it you is. Just- it is. It totally is. Like, I think back, like, I think back to when we started and everything we've done along the ways... Oh, I mean, I heard CP say the other, oh, the good old days when we could just do this. Yeah. And I'm like thinking it was, you know, we don't think, oh, you know, we weren't paying ourselves or we had the, like, we think that was friggin' awesome. Like, yeah. we had so much fun. Um, it's not really about, it's nice to have success, but, you know, when you, if you were just doing it for money or for whatever, you could go home and be really not very nice person to be around where, yeah. You know, I, I know I can go home, feel good about what we get done in a day. Sometimes I get nothing done in a day, but I've hung around with good people and I know we're on a, on a way to getting something done mm-hmm. um, and you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Where if you if you were just, I think I read a thing the other day saying, you know, um, a business that's sole purpose is, is money mm-hmm. is a poor business. Yeah. And when I read that, I think, I don't know who said it, someone, they're probably smart. <laughs> um, that sort of resonated with me because thinking, yeah, it's it's true. You know, you've you've got all these parts to a business. It's like the the customer facing part, good product, good brand. You know, we get awesome stories back all the time, and we love that. People are riding around the world with Quadlock. We love all that. But then you have got you know the people of Quadlock and what they're doing, and you know the lifestyle they get to live because they work here, and the fun stuff we get to do. And there's all these different parts to a business that's not. You know, not in the bank account, not in the P&L, not in, not in that kind of thing. It's, you know, the fact you get to rock up and, and do fun stuff yeah. is a big part I of mean, it. I mean, you had an exciting thing happen uh, not too long ago. Ollie came into the world. You and Pan had your first kid. Yep. What, what date? Was that? It was- uh, 27th of March. You had to think about it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so he's a month older than... Uh, not, not even. What were you going to say? Oh, no, you sorry. Say no, he's, no, very young. So a yeah, year. He's a year younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a year younger than mine. Yeah, so he's 10 weeks, 11 weeks old today. And so what's, the, what's, been, the, uh, what's been the learning? That's oh, my favorite question. to get shit all over. It's a not yeah. get vomit all yeah, over you. I've, We're I've, black. I, that was his tip that he gave yeah. me. I've got a big stain on my shoulder. I said, fuck it, Bodie. He said, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's I, it changed your perspective on stuff. Yeah. And... Like, you know, when you have like mind shift changes and these things happen over time, that is something that happens on a it's day. Like a I think especially for instant. a dad. Yeah. yeah. Probably mums start to get that a bit along the journey of being pregnant. But did you find that? Like, Definitely. It, it just, 
all well, of a sudden it was funny. things are different. I, I saw um, Edo and Jacinta who brought in the coffee just before uh, in Collingwood. They were riding their bikes uh, to work. Yeah, yeah. And um, Ollie had just arrived in the world and I said, oh, oh what's been happening? And they're like, I'm like, have you heard from Rob much? Like, they're like, nah. They said... He was. He said he was gonna like. Be, he's like, uh, yeah. As soon as, uh, as soon as we have the kid, I'm gonna be back in it. All that sort of thing. Mm. And like, and they were sort of laughing at how much of a shift they saw. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. How sort of, because you're pretty wired. You're pretty sort of on the ball with things. And there was, they were talking about a noticeable shift. Yeah. Um, how do you describe describe that shift? It's you know unintentional. It's yeah. it just happens. You don't. It's not a decision mm-hmm. where most things in life, I, I, I find especially for me, most things in life are, for me are, are, you know, like I, I well, not really do the, things. They're practical. You talk pra- in this sort of like yeah. very sort of a logical, practical sort yeah. of way. Yeah. So, it's a decision. I, I weigh things up and I'm like this mm-hmm. and maybe wrong or right, but that's that's how I do it. And that thing, it just happens to you and you're just like, oh, Okay. So I feel like this now. How do you describe? What is it? Is it a desire to be think, looking after him? No, yeah. There's there's that, but I think it just puts things in perspective, and you you know what's important is still important, but it's it's its scale has changed of importance. I yeah. think. Um, it's how, not, how did it for work and for the, this company? Yeah, I think it. I mean, I think it's for me. I'm like for me, it doesn't really probably make a difference, and you, and I probably cope otherwise. But I'm glad it sort of happened at a to, at a time now mm-hmm. for the company um, and for me. But at the same time, you know, I'm sure I would have been wrapped to have for it to happen at any time now. Thinking about because it just becomes you know the you have all these things that are important, and you think that you've got this hierarchy of importance, mm. and then all of a sudden something just shoots right up the list and goes to number one, and you're like, oh, okay. That's yeah. how it happens. And I don't think you can think, you know, we are talking about before, I'm aware that I will feel like this because it's natural and it's instinctual and, and all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. But even like getting meta and thinking like that before it come along, I was still underestimating it. Yeah. You can't really put yourself in, like, for example, I reckon Tommy will be thinking about what I'm saying differently to the way you're thinking about yeah. what I'm saying, JJ. Yeah. Even though you're aware of this and you've probably heard the same thing from multiple people. Yeah. It's, you guys are in the cult. I'm still yeah. sort of like looking at the cult being like, yeah, I sort of, I get how See, they- smiling and, and nodding. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Patronizing. Yeah. <laughs> and so like what sort of empathy did that build with? Because CP, you know, your co-founder and mate had, yeah. had a kid before. Yep. Um, I think that you- for me was also, I got to see that mm-hmm. a fair bit as well. And that sort of sets a, a little, not an expectation, but... It sets the tone. Yeah, it sets a tone, I suppose. But do you think, do, were you sort of under, it sounded like you were underestimating it still in the sense of you're like, ah. Uh, yeah, ma- uh, I, I think what it was, I was ready to, ex- I knew I wouldn't be able to theorize what this one's going to be like. <laughs> so I was ready to accept whatever comes my way yeah but it's the same thing as before it like people ask me like do you care if it's a boy i was i was really like i actually do not care if it's a boy or a girl i don't mind i just i want a boy i'll just i'm happy yeah (laughs) and like i mean lots of people like lots of my mates like oh you must be stuck it's a boy (laughs) and actually now that 
did I have a boy? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm wrapped it's a yeah, boy. But you take but before whatever. it, I remember really clearly sitting there and thinking, am I one way or the other? And I'm thinking, no, I'm neither way. I don't mind what mm-hmm. it is. Well, so, I think, you know, if you listen to these podcasts, Josh and I talk about this a bit and, you know, Josh is very, you know, thinking about how he's thinking. That's my phone. That's my parking. The car. But you're thinking about how you would be thinking in that moment and it, I think it does go yeah it does yeah. go out the window yeah yeah but uh, I think to, you can some degree. that can be useful in a lot of parts of life but I think if there's parts of life where if you think you're going to sum it all up in one thought and you're going to nail it maybe this is one of those parts where you you're just not yeah. going to yeah I think that there is putting the practical hat on for a sec I I feel like there is a um there's definitely not a right time to do anything, especially having a kid or getting married or doing those big starting things. Starting a business. But starting yeah. a business. I think that there is, I think what it makes it harder for a lot of people is you hear this and so, and we're so used to using our gut instinct mm. on so many things in life. And the idea, I, th- I think that there is a middle ground where I think that you b- both knew that you're ready to take on that challenge or what it, you know, whatever it was, you were open to that opportunity mm. and that's all you can really do. And I think that, that that's... Yeah, you're ready to accept whatever it is. Yeah. That's the way it's going to mm. be kind of thing. And it's we sort don't of... have much option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the roller coaster. But it makes you... Like for me, it was the most vulnerable state I've ever been in. Yeah. Thinking about your kid could have... Uh, you know, problems before yep, they've even yep, come into the world yep. and you have There's nothing you can do it. about that yeah. and it's like whoa I'm so out of control mm. here and you know business life like a lot of the time you, we're trying to control our environments yep. yeah. but it's one thing you definitely you cannot can't, control you just have to be willing to accept what yeah. is what is going to happen and I mean the other thing is this is the other thing and just when you think you've got like this is post kid just when you've think you've got it now like I think oh you know what I can get him so I got a few tools up my sleeve I can mm. do this I can yeah. do that I can do this two weeks later they change and mm. you're like what the hell this used to work it's not working anymore what's yeah, wrong with like this it sounds like you're describing iPhones it's like you yeah. get it yeah. you don't know if it's going to have that many bugs they get them yeah. all sorted yeah. and then they fucking do another release yeah. and yeah. everything's changed what's, what's been more rewarding baby or quad lock <laughs> <laughs> Just finish us off. Yeah, uh, I feel like Tommy's the only one that can uh, can ask that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think there's only one answer for that. Quite <laughs> <laughs> like. Thank you, uh, Rob, for for joining us, friend of the show. You you are one of the guests that that listens regularly. Um, so thank you for that, and for you know the occasional text of of feedback things like that. I, I one of your review is probably the best review we've had. Oh yeah, on, it was the um, early iTunes. on iTunes. Yeah, it was uh, what How's was it? Go? It says like um random but great or something <laughs> and it was referring to the fact that uh they go all over the place but it's sort of what makes it good Yeah, yeah, that's something. That's particularly true. no destination in mind but somehow it finds its way back to yeah. somewhere. I, was, yeah, I, know, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. No, no, now I'm now I'm remembering it. Yeah, uh, we've got a, we got a couple of emails. Oh yeah, uh, we got uh, Wayne. Yeah, uh, Wayne Peters, who is a relative of mine. Like mum's one of eleven kids. Yeah. Mm. So like the the basically everyone in Victoria, like I'm related to <laughs> in, in some regard. So Wayne's been listening, going from 
Uh, I think Geelong. it was like Geelong yeah. to Abbotsford every day. Thank you for listening, Thanks, Wayne. Wayne. Uh, Michelle sent a beautiful email as well about uh, the topic of suicide and all that sort of thing from yesterday's oh, I've, I've missed that one. Yeah, because I overread it first. Um, but yeah, feel free to send through your emails. Hi at thedailytalkshow.com. We'll have to get Rob, we'll have to get you back on when I come back from my trip. I haven't talked about this, but is there some kind of the Daily Talk Show um, code for people who want to buy a quad lock? <laughs> get 1% off? Get one. <laughs> <laughs> they get 10%. If you just go to the website, you can fill out your email address and yeah. you get 10% off. Tell them, Quadlock, um, tell them the Daily Talk Show. Yeah, tell them Daily Talk Show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, the iTunes reviews, they sort of help, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they do. I think they do. Uh, maybe not. The ego boost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Rob. Have a good one. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye.